0: So, what's everyone gonna do with their um, infinite barrels of
1: oil? I'm just gonna smother myself.
0: <laughs> just a deep immersion into a uh, numerous barrel after barrel of oil, and emerge with perfectly silky smooth skin.
1: I'm just gonna become like a tar creature and haunt capitalists.
0: <laughs> I don't think I don't think oil needs your help to do that at the moment. It feels like it's um, <laughs> the spectre of oil is looming behind capitalism at the moment. I mean, 40, minus forty dollars for a barrel of oil is um, nothing short of extraordinary. Like I remember when it was a big deal when it uh, it went from hundred to like fifty, and now we're on. What I presume we're through some kind of looking glass at this
1: point. I'm just waiting for the stock markets to realise that numbers don't matter, just to see what they do.
0: So we've been saying numbers should go up for years now. What if the number just keeps going down? What then?
2: But it goes bizarro down where it actually means it goes up. <laughs> numbers next are going to go sideways, I think is the only natural conclusion to that. Well, I'm not a mathematician,
3: <laughs> but in my limited understanding, when the price has, has gone negative, that means there's nowhere to like store it.
2: Yeah,
0: well, I mean, um, to actually think about what the number actually represents for a moment, it uh, it's. Uh, Essentially represents the cost of transportation and storage as well. So, someone who buys one of these negative forty dollars barrels of oil is going to have to immediately, as in tomorrow, uh, today being four
2: twenty. Hey, uh, it- <laughs> pleasure to be here. Completely, you know, sober, obviously, because I don't, I don't respect this holiday. You know, it's just, uh, it's just a superstition, really, this kind of thing. I'm, well Hitler was a edged. real person so <laughs>
3: <laughs> So what you're saying is that whoever buys this oil tomorrow they're going to have to stop blazing
0: and, Well uh, ideally you stop blazing before you acquire any oil, that's generally advisory um, <laughs> Is there an
2: inebriating effect to just standing by oil, breathing it in? Like, uh, yeah can, the, if- <laughs> Does that get you all fucked up? It, it does get you, you know, all fucked up. I mean, because... it like, but does it, like, do you get a bit high before it kills you, I mean? Really.
0: Yeah, well, um, the sensation of your brain cells all being dissolved in um, high-grade solvent is apparently quite an intense sensation, while you can still sense anything.
1: I mean, Saddam bombed all those oil fields in the first Gulf, and he was fine after that.
0: Uh, on that note, should we um, actually introduce the podcast and everyone?
3: Yeah, what are, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, it's a podcast, mate.
1: <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Jamie. <laughs> Don't mention it. He's just happy to be here. Oh, Yeah, so welcome <laughs> to Podcasting's Praxis.
0: Jamie, for fuck's sake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> welcome to Podcasting's Praxis. My name's David. I'm here with Alistair.
0: Hi, I'm Alistair. I'm back, baby. It's been a few months because uh, I've pretty much felt dead inside since the uh, since December, uh, with the exception <laughs> of emerging from my um, numb cocoon to uh, talk about Toby Young that one time, but
1: today I'm back because I'm fucking furious.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> We've got Jamie. All right. And on for the first time is Jack of RealPolitik. How you doing, Jack?
2: Hello, how's it going? It's uh, very nice uh, to be here and uh, to talk about my favourite subject, Labour Party rat-fucking.
0: Uh, oh, I love, <laughs> love rat-fucking, I love talking about it, because it makes me
2: so incredibly livid. The harder you fuck the rats, the more sensible your politics are. Oh. It's like in Tories it's pigs, <laughs> On in sen- sensible, centrist, centre-left politics, it's the rats. You gotta be fucking. <laughs> oh. 24-7. I'm sorry, that's quite an auspicious start. I, I didn't mean to get deep in there with the, the the rat, you know, quite literal fucking of rats. Well, I, I mean, it wouldn't the...
1: surprise me with some of them.
2: Deep oh, was... in there, God. That was unintentional too. Yeah,
3: so welcome to the Ian McNichol episode.
2: <laughs> we have What's a rat it? problem. Oh, <laughs> yeah. still in the Lords. We do have a rat problem.
3: Yeah,
0: although he's... Um, he... <laughs> He has very uh, kindly stepped aside from his um, lord whipping duties uh, yeah. whatever that may entail <laughs> that, that, yeah that's again quite literal in the <laughs> words uh, I mean it wouldn't surprise me if that was the only way you could actually keep them in line to be fair
3: Ian McNichol looks to me like his internet search history definitely contains the phrase sexy Dalek <laughs>
1: <laughs> for fuck's sake <laughs> Oh. As oh. usual, I can't say anything to top that. That's just that's the
2: <laughs> and
1: annoyingly, I'm going to need to keep it in as well.
2: <laughs> so yeah, that rat's front bench career is is fucked for the time being. Well, I mean that's sort of the question
0: at the moment, isn't it? Because we have to think about what is Starmer actually going to do? Because my well, my reading of everything that's happened so far has amounted to pretty much the absolute
1: bare minimum that you can get away with. I mean, for a bit of background for anyone that is lucky enough to have not yet heard the news, um, Labour fucked it and appeals to have done it on purpose. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> a report um, has leaked um, that was mainly to do with the way that anti-Semitism was handled within the party between 2015 2019.
3: I think handled is a strong word.
1: Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so the party created this report, or at least one part of the party um, created this report. To shed a bit of light on why, as some support and evidence to go along to the ECHR.
0: Yeah, I think it was Hmm. meant to represent, uh, to give context to the rest of the submissions, so the the context here being the... uh, I suppose the the political layout of the inside, in like the interior of the Labour Party machinery, and basically everyone who said, um, you know, uh, there are people in the Labour Party who are working to undermine Jeremy Corbyn's leadership, were wrong, but only in as they were not going nearly far enough in how hard they were trying to wrap up the entire left of the party or anyone uh, um, as we said before the podcast to the left of gordon brown
2: yeah that includes like ed Millerband, andy burnham well this doesn't really <laughs> yeah, it doesn't andy go back burnham, to them it hell. doesn't yeah they it, they well they um burnham came out and said when all this came out he said well i always thought that the labor establishment didn't like my uh my my um you know uh public nhs policy and yeah. um you know, he, he does like t- it's it's kind of, it makes sense given his persona that he mm. wants that he's come on the side of the left with this report because he's he always likes to portray himself as a Westminster outsider, you know <laughs> they never understood him in his northern ways where like his favourite biscuit according to his mum's Q&A is chips and gravy like, <laughs> you know, um, know. <laughs> so yeah, na- so he's he's kind of come down with the left and be like yeah they were trying to fuck me, it says they hated Sadiq Khan and it doesn't go back to when miliband was miliband but they hate yeah i know like so all the standard bearers of moderate labor they think owen smith is shit and couldn't win an election which is like well yeah okay yeah, well you wrong. know a, a <laughs> when you're right crop. you're right <laughs> yeah <laughs> But yeah, there's all there's all this kind of opprobrium for people who you you or I wouldn't necessarily even consider left wing in there. Uh, they call Ed the runt of the litter. Ed Miliband, that Fucking is. Fucking hell! Um, oh the, my god! You did have during the election all those Blairites on TV, like alternate two the actual mm-hmm. Labour people and they were all coming out with the same thing they were all there when Labour had run like this bravura campaign saying well you know I think the campaign has really fallen down because Labour haven't uh, spent the whole time talking about Brexit and it's mm. like literally one of the strengths of that campaign was they didn't make it a Brexit thing well um, the,
0: I mean that was sort of one of the uh, keystones to actually well uh, theoretically is one of the keystones to that election was saying, right, we accept Brexit, it's gonna happen, which was obviously the, the key difference one of the many key differences, I suppose, between it yeah. and the twenty nineteen election. Um but, but yeah, um, I mean the
3: key the key demographic for uh, like centrist dipshits is like F FBPE fuckwits, isn't it though? <laughs>
2: yeah. The, uh well yeah so I mean they I think they'd seen uh potential you know to rebuild their own moderate labor base uh in the people who were really really pissed off about brexit and so they yeah. were already trying to like sow the seeds of corbyn has betrayed especially the young people even though this was just all like 60 year old fucks like spinning this <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know at the
2: head of this line like spinning this stuff but but they were you know already you had like tony tony blair like the ghost of uh of of alistair campbell i mean yeah he's not he's not dead but his soul must have died a long time ago but like that you know (laughs) that they they were all kind of being like yeah corbyn is letting people down on brexit even when his (laughs) his campaign was like a proven success so yeah i think that the reason you know we see some of the people in these documents shifted immediately after the election to you know they literally fucked off to work for the people's vote campaign like yeah uh, so, at yeah. some points uh like i think patrick hennigan did uh and others and um all the people from that wing of politics like the professional politicians brexit and opposing brexit became their immediate focus after that election result so well, yeah a, again they use that as a trojan horse though because they're yeah. as
0: Uh, As is uh, laid out in the documents, uh, their one true calling in life is to uh, do one thing or another to various factions they label as, well, you know, trots, basically. Uh, (laughs) Which, uh, you know, Stalinist Trotskyite Jeremy Corbyn would obviously (laughs) approve of uh, for some reason. Uh, Don't ask me what those words mean because I couldn't tell you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah the, the whole thing's it's all mild in that factionalism and it's it's a really weird fucking factionalism because this is the faction that was doing all this stuff while you know sitting in Labour HQ they don't understand what factionalism really is for a start because they've just decided that everybody's a trot like yeah. proper good factionalism <laughs> isn't about that
0: yeah like uh, just these I mean, uh, you know, having a war over small differences uh, is very much uh, a moderate pastime, really. Uh, And uh, I mean, pretty much, I mean, you just look at the history of the Labour Party itself, like all of the um, major successes from a left wing perspective were implemented by people you'd call radically left wing, but were very much soft left, social democratic in reality, like the policies, I mean. Yeah. And um, these people who'd label themselves as soft left, uh, center left, are just lying to themselves. Well, I don't know if they are. No, they. No, well, if you look at what the documents are saying, they are lying to themselves because um, some of the things that are said are things along the lines of normal people blame immigration for terrorism. And it's just it makes yeah. you go hold on a moment,
1: I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I mean, it's all mired through... You need to you need to remember that these people are all fully hard for the idea of Tony Blair coming back. Every <laughs> single one of them.
3: Big Tone! Save me! Yeah, no, well, New Labour was the, the ideal party for them because it was basically the Tories, but without the shame of being a Tory.
2: Yeah, this goes beyond, I think, um, small differences. You know, this is... I, I think it actually kind of shows the need for factionalism uh, on agreed. the greeds part because like these these people are so right wing that I actually wonder how many of the main figures in this document actually voted labor in 2017 let alone 2019 another quote that's circulating around um some one of them says something to the effect of um any anyone voting for uh, anything other than the Tories in this election is basically just bringing on uh, a Corbyn-led coalition of chaos. Oh so li- literally, one of them says that, so you can probably assume that person voted Tory. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, in, in I mean, in 2019, I you know all of these people would be saying I out of principle I'm uh, you know I simply the anti-Semitism in this party is so rife i just cannot vote for it but in 2017 they all would have been like yes i'm a hard-working staffer whilst the men go out and vote for the tories or the lib dems <laughs> but genuinely i think the tories in a lot of cases
0: <laughs> yeah i, w- well, I wouldn't uh, or, or uh, lib dems if you're a uh, alistair campbell um, <laughs> yeah. yeah i, I mean I one, think... one
1: quote from the report one one person said that ian duncan smith was shit but the mad thing is, he's better than most of our shadow cabinet. Oh, and at that man. point, at yeah, that Duncan fucking point, Smith. the shadow cabinet had only four MPs in it that were actual supporters of Corbyn.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what now, the fuck? They're so fucking right wing. Like literally that. I mean, how can you describe these people on the left as on the left in any way? They're sharing Douglas Murray articles and being like, "Yeah, That's, yeah, the, that's the thing, you know, because the left, whenever this happens, they're just scared to talk about so, even so-called moderate Islam. Uh, oh. You know, they're they're virulent, like Islamophobes. Some of them, uh, some of them. Uh, there's one bit where one of them shares an article from the Manchester Conservatives and is like. <laughs> <laughs> finally, someone saying it. Like the, 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 oh, Cor- so they're finally Corbin's... saying it with a hard R. <laughs> Corbyn is wrong on taxation because, like, if you tax the rich, then people aren't incentivized to work or some shit. And it's literally just like boilerplate Tory dogma. That's ah. like
3: just right-wing <laughs> Fucking...
2: shit. But like, wow, these people just believe the most. You know, the Laffer curve. I mean. <laughs> i don't know how much of it is like how stupid they think the average person is and how much of it is their own noxious beliefs and that you know or if they've just kind of adjusted their beliefs to those of what they see as like the the stupid individual on the street but yeah really like these people are just so right wing
3: i mean it it could be a simple misunderstanding like maybe mcnichol joined labor after all the women in his life told him he raised a lot of red flags Jesus! (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> fucking hell! Oh my god! Wow! <laughs> One of the things that the report writes, so like, it really is fucking bad for it. Is this? Uh, it, it sounds tone policey as fuck, but it's it's more for the kind of context of why this is so fucking important. Anyone who nominates Corbyn to widen the debate deserves to be taken out and shot. And (sighs) the attitude in HQ towards the leader of the opposition... This is a full direct quote from the report. The attitude in HQ towards the leader of the opposition could be summed up in one comment from a senior staff member who said, death by fire is too kind for the leader of the opposition.
2: Yeah, well, this report says that one of my close friends, who I'm not gonna name, uh, that one of them says something like, I hope he dies in a fire, and then another one of them says, I wouldn't piss on him if he was uh, dying in a fire. So, literally, like, it's just some vile fucking shit in here yeah yeah yeah. you know i i guess like some of us especially those of us in the podcasting game we may you know be play fast and loose with our tongues occasionally when we're we're talking about certain political figures but yeah that's just i mean i think that's just objectively fucking horrible and it goes beyond us like doing a hypocritical kind of bit of tone policing to to be like, no, actually, I don't think that some of the stuff in here is okay. It's just like, you know, when they're doing playground stuff, just like, oh, she's got rolls of fat, and calling people pube head, and just just like, going back to the fat thing, they're just, just randomly, they're talking about someone, and someone's like, oh, yes, and she's fat as well, and then someone yeah. comes in with the rolls thing, and it's just like, fucking hell, these people are just nasty, and, and, and I think why this is so significant is because because the narrative has been the last couple of years that the left has some uniquely toxic culture. Mm. Like, yes, we may assume the moral high ground in our politics, but that's meaningless because we have the worst conduct of anyone. Um <sighs> so so i mean this stuff it it makes me think that like it's less credible now to use like personal conduct as a reason for why you can't support left-wing politics it's like okay but so you support center-left politics is that an endorsement of this if if you think corbyn's so uniquely bad because of the culture he's fostered then you're throwing your lot in with the blairites and they go and behave like this
0: yeah. I think I think one of the really um elucidating things about uh this whole report is that I mean for a start this is this just has to be the tip of the iceberg there this I mean as far as I understand it a big bunch of this is the result of um one uh alleged perpetrator emailing uh, a WhatsApp chat log to their work email address which is very much a very brain genius move to begin with, but <laughs> <That feels laughs> so fun. it does. It does make you think: how smart are these? Are actually are these
2: people? But uh... <laughs> well, so do all their political comments <laughs> and the, these quotes yeah, and so well, on. Apart yeah, apart from all the evidence <laughs> and like but, uh... the way they the ways they did their jobs and so on, <laughs> that makes me ponder how smart they are as well. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think the thing that,
0: that this really really showed to me was that this is. Uh, a pipeline that has stretched back um, ever since, pretty much ever since Tony Blair became, uh, oh, oh, whether it was before he when he became prime minister or actually leader of the party, not not one hundred percent sure on that. But suffice to say, this is a pipeline of people that has been going through essentially like Labour students mm,
2: for the last
0: yeah. twenty years, and this exact attitude. Uh, if you talk to anyone who was involved at all with Labour students, even in the last like t- year, when uh, up until the point it was wound up,
2: everyone uh, hates Labour students. Yeah, but, unless well, a few freaks, unless, sorry, sorry, unless unless
0: you're one of the people at the top. Yeah, <laughs> and this attitude is just pervasive throughout, and all of these all of these people come from that same family, that same. Um, f- same mm. faction, yeah. They all they all get printed, uh, you know, Blair faces onto them when they when they emerge from their pods.
2: So <laughs> well, they wish they all look more like Owen Smith, I think. But... <laughs> no, you're right. Like, yeah, totally. I, I, um, ah, shit. Yeah, carry up.
0: <laughs> oh uh, no, no, I mean, uh, oh, I forgot all the other. I was gonna say something else, but I forgot
2: what it was now. So uh, carry was on. Was
3: it? Uh, was it build a Blair workshop?
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like dear. the boys from Brazil, they're literally all just like cloned from bits of uh Blair's DNA. Um but <laughs> um
1: No the thing with the thing with the tone, like again it's it's all well and good for us to say, Oh well, you know, that's that's bullshit, but we're we're sitting shit posting on Twitter and you screaming into the void, these people are actually like mm. paid six figure mm. fucking salaries to make Senior things happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, and, I mean, that's, that's the thing I was going to s- say,
0: sorry, was uh, it's just the power differential, the idea yeah. that some shit poster on Twitter calling you a cunt has anywhere near the same amount of uh, gravity or just impact that yeah. a senior official in the Labour Party has by... I mean, they don't even need to say anything. They just need to say... Oh, that don't even say anything. They just need to do the smallest things, like giving their mates jobs just because they're their mates that's it like just this consolidation of power
2: uh, within mm. this one faction this
0: party within a party
2: as it's been called um yeah and they, they do have that, that that kind of gross little clique and it's like storied in the party now through generations like um labor students as you were saying officially don't exist anymore but you, you see these odd things like occasionally someone about 50 to 60 years old will post a picture um It's just them and a bunch of people who are like the same age of them as them, and it's like labor friends of labor students (laughs) dinner party, and they're just like Tom Watson and just all like the biggest freaks on the right of the party, just like all hanging out together. And there's maybe like a couple of young people who definitely have had selfies with Blair at some point, (laughs) like you know, as well. But yeah, that they're such. It's a weird like zombie organization, but yeah, it's just a kind of like rat fucking front, you know.
0: i think they should be calling themselves the labor friends of labor students i don't know i just feel like it's got
2: a good ring to it <laughs> yeah and it, and it's true like there's so, these people they've got so much more impact and influence or they had when they were in these jobs and a lot of them have moved on to you know quite senior jobs elsewhere patrick hennigan went on to the people's vote campaign uh, before a famously uh, successful organization yeah before <laughs> cer- you know certain allegations and he was no longer with them and uh then <laughs> rest um, in peace we're at RIP, yeah, and, and I think Emily Old now went on to a big job at Unison, the the biggest union in the country, although Unite is the union that donates the most of the Labour Party, mm-hmm. I know we were going to get to unions in a little bit, but like... Um... Uh yeah what what was i going to say yeah this is so much more this is so much more than just like some some dickhead posting on twitter like because um these people like they did have genuine control over people's lives there's one really fucked up case in here where a guy's disciplinary process led to him committing suicide and you know the person who they were talking about, you know they they um the person who I know in this, who they were talking about um and saying that they hope that he dies in a fire and so on, um they acknowledge in the piece, uh, sorry, they acknowledge in the quote that they know that this person has mental health issues, and those issues I, I can say, were not helped by the 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 kind of sloppy, untransparent. And, you know, often factionally, you know, arguably factionally motivated disciplinary approach to disciplinary processes in this. So, you know, there were real people at stake in this. I mean, it's not
0: even. uh, I mean, if the document is to be believed, and we have to do, we do have to say that because these are all allegations, uh, as far as we can say. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But the motivations for some of the, or the alleged motivations for some of the. uh, Uh, decisions that are made or just decisions that aren't made like purposefully aren't made the big example being Ken Livingston who uh, everyone agreed should be flung into the farthest reaches of space Uh, and the only reason that supposedly that he wasn't kicked out of the party is that he made the leadership look bad and it was only after like the leadership itself got involved and said what the fuck are you doing that they actually did anything and that's only because people were actually forcing the leadership to take pay attention and take action which they were very reluctant to do as any actual good faith uh attempt at implementing uh rules again you know anti-racist rules in a political party should be so that the Leadership can't play favourite and keep people in because they're allied with the leadership, uh, despite the fact they've got horrendous views. And some of the views that are laid out in the document are absolutely horrendous to the point where there was one supposedly one case where um, uh, someone were, had uh, complaints brought against them for anti-Semitism, and the issue the uh, the complaint was sat on. Uh, to the point where, when it finally did get um, get seen by someone who could actually make a decision on that kind of thing, uh, the per- the person who brought the complaint was able to actually report them to the police, and uh, they were, I believe, they were arrested. And that is a great crystallization of the kind of decision that would, uh, based on this, have been made over and over and over again.
2: Yeah.
3: Didn't they have one person who was trying to actually deal with the anti-Semitism stuff and like sincerely, and they wouldn't give them any like help because they were just too busy fucking around trying to make the leadership look bad?
0: Well, after um, oh, what's her name, uh, Jenny Formby, um, took over from Ian McNicol Supposedly that's when everything started actually happening, and a bunch of shitheads got kicked out of the Labour Party. And let's make that absolutely clear: these people who had complaints brought against them absolutely fucking deserve to have if they have been anti-Semitic, Islamophobic, transphobic, whatever, booted out the fucking party. Not welcome. Yeah. Fuck off.
2: I mean the document provides documentary evidence that there was a definitely a worrying level of anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. What mm-hmm. it doesn't show is Corbyn's um leadership trying to suppress like uh investigation into this or anything like that in fact it shows quite the opposite and there's little reason to doubt a lot of the evidence um in there such as there's there's one incident where um it, you know it, it was reported that corbyn's head of communications james schneider um had demanded from sam matthews this is what sam matthews the head of complaints had told the bbc's panorama documentary oh yeah i remember that that schneider who himself is jewish and i think whose concern for tackling anti-semitism in the party is utterly genuine um had had called him up and demanded he just expel three random people um there's no evidence the document says there is no documentary evidence whatsoever that this actually happens um and this could and 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 sam what sam matthews has said here um they effectively lays the blame um for you know sitting on a set of um semitism cases at the leadership's when when um at leadership's feet when it seems like the precise opposite happened um yeah, you can see why in his public statements on the matter, James Schneider. I just want to, sorry, read um, very briefly what what the the view of of a senior of a senior Jewish uh, pol- well uh, bureaucrat, I suppose yes. bureaucrat, I guess, working for Jeremy Corbyn was on this, um, because Schneider told the Guardian. He said that this um, report was shocking and clarifying, and he said it suggests that some of those most responsible for the failure to deal with anti-Semitism in the Labour Party, which has frightened Jewish people and damaged the party, worked against the elected leadership and tried to shift the blame... And he concludes there must be a reckoning for those who oversaw a system that allowed Holocaust deniers to remain in the party and deliberately undermine the chances of the Labour government. And for me, you know... I think, you know, that that sounds very angry, and I think Mm. rightfully so, because this is a big issue. What is more important, fucking the left or combating anti-Semitism? There's this weird thing that keeps recurring through this report where they refer to uh, the Ben case. That's the precedent that apparently, according to the people who work for Labour HQ, was set by a case where Emily Ben... Was not suspended. Emily Ben, that's like the granddaughter of Tony. I was going to say, is that as in the eponymous Tony, who is uh, an investment banker and uh, on the right of the Labour Party? Oh, for fuck's sake! Why does this keep happening? <laughs> A former Labour parliamentary candidate. Uh, anyway, she like retweeted the Women's Equality Party saying, "If Jeremy Corbyn's all male shadow cabinet, which is you know this was Corbyn's like unity shadow cabinet. Uh, oh my god! If, if Corbyn's you know, uh, male-dominated shadow cabinet is too much for you. Join the Women's Equality Party. And they basically came up with this thing in Labour HQ because, like, she was uh, allegedly their mate. Uh, They were like, oh, well, a retweet isn't an endorsement, yo so that's actually she's not saying that people should vote for the women's equality party and it this kind of like clashed with a whole thing about corbyn's director of policy andrew fisher was suspended from a party because he did an ironic tweet uh, <laughs> ironic by his account saying that people should vote for class war instead of for emily ben <laughs> uh, imagine getting uh, put, put in twitter prison uh for uh, doing
0: irony or actual prison for doing irony, damn, you hate you, to see it. Must,
2: uh, literally send you to prison for it these days, you know, uh, just for <laughs> saying you like irony. But um, but yeah, but basically, so like they, you can see what happened here. Just like literally, like the objective facts here were that for doing exactly the same fucking thing, uh, a right wing person was allowed to stay in the party, and a left wing person was suspended from a party for a time. Um. Anyway, they keep. Referring to the Bre- the Ben precedent, or whatever, uh, as, like, this, the reason why they can't suspend such and such person for, like, retweeting Holocaust denial and shit. They're like, oh, well, this person retweeted that, like, the camps weren't real. But on the other hand, you know, maybe they were just opening it up for fucking debate. And no. this literally... Listen to We Don't Talk About The Weather podcast, because they did a good bit on this. Yeah, no, they're good lads on there, yeah. They have a fucking bizarre legalistic justification for, like, not kicking out proper virulent anti-Semites who people on both right and left of the party have reported time and time again for, like, tons and tons of shit. Like... It is, like, astronomical how badly this shit was handed. But, yeah, I don't think that the way that it was badly handled was that Corbyn's lot sat on uh, cases of anti-Semitism to protect their friends. Like, I just don't see... You know, I don't see that in there. <laughs> I think one of the other things that's
0: quite interesting, um, talking about this pipeline that I was earlier, no, mm. it's, it's sort of... Um, Uh, It's a a sort of the same sort of class of people through the the, through the like revolving door, like this the the properly like pretty much formalized revolving door of like um, like labour students, spad MP, and then journalist or whatever or the other way around or what have you. Um, Just how thin that barrier is uh, now and the fact that there are some journalists who have absolutely had their pants pulled down by this because it's become... Oh, Kevin it- Schofield, <laughs> Yeah, um, who... Well, my fav- my f- personal favourite tweet of his is the one where he says that uh, Emily Oldno is the brains of the operation and it just makes you think, oh, <laughs> is she now? Is she now? Uh, but yeah, just... And uh, uh, just uh, the fact that some of these... Um, like these are Labour Party bureaucrats again, supposedly on the left, and as we've established, very much fucking on, um, calling in uh, the cavalry of fucking Michael Crick to uh, <laughs> harangue Diane Abbott, basically uh, when she was crying in a, in a toilet because um, she'd been uh, basically had. A, uh, if she has a uh, Diane Abbott has a bad day to do the dealing with racist. Threats and racist and misogynistic threats. Then I imagine it's pretty fucking bad. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah,
2: the police had been called. It was a death threat.
0: <sighs> yeah, and it's just like, ha ha! Look at this! Look at this woman crying in a toilet. Let's call uh, um, a bunch of journalists on her just so that we can get one up on her. And
1: <sighs> I don't know. It's just some of the some of the attitudes in the report. <sighs> Especially towards female MPs that mm. were on the left, or well, on the left and nominally on the left, are fucking atrocious. Like they, that, Diane Abbott is fucking disgusting. Like it also says in the report, Diane Abbott literally makes me sick. That's that's a nice yeah. quote from the report. Don Butler, who is easily one of the fucking better MPs in the entire PLP, they went absolutely spare at the idea of her getting a, a cabinet position.
2: They're like, what? She said that Harriet Harman has white privilege? That's <laughs> mad. It's like, is it? Really? <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: Emma Emadent Code. The hater. Like, is yeah. a grade one tool, apparently, according to attitudes expressed in the report. Like, what the w- fuck? W- she's Emma Dent come code out was- with fiery rhetoric in response. Oh, to yeah, it. yeah. She's absolutely fucking on it about this, and no wonder.
0: Too fucking right. And the fact that she had her seat uh, fucking stolen from her because of a bunch of fucking scum Lib Dems splitting the vote and just... I mean, the fucking constituency of Grenfell. Yeah.
1: Yeah. uh, Splitting a vote uh, and putting a Tory in the seat to stand against her so she was up against two fucking Tories.
2: Literally, yeah. Lib Dems are just a moral abyss, you know. Fucking unreal. And then
1: there's the entire bit about... um, Thornbury and you know we mentioned the, other, like, the retweets on that um from i think it was a i think it oh, was a clp sh- chair and um, the emily Thornbury's too old for isis
0: yeah these were like, tweets weren't they rather than yeah. pers- uh, specifically in the report so we can actually read these out specifically <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, because know?
1: these these were on twitter yeah so um emily Thornbury is too old for isis they won't make a sex slave of her they'll behead her and dump her in a mass grave like, what the fu- what fucking brain thinks that up and goes, better post this on Twitter.com?
2: What the fuck? Well, they call him like a great bloke, don't they, or something, one of them. They do, the yeah. Ian, He's, Ian a McKenzie. <laughs> He's a top
1: guy. He's a top guy. Labour first yeah. fought militant last time round. Fuck's sake. Well, oh, d- these, these, what I'm getting from they're...
3: this is that head office is staffed entirely by reply guys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ! Yeah, every time one of these uh, women MPs makes a tweet, it's just all these fucking guys that just turn up and just. Oh yeah, if only then we'd actually have this shit out and like fully out in the open, rather than just horrendous shit that only ever comes out uh, when a report is that is originally meant to be actually submitted to the uh, EHRC gets leaked to the fucking press and what was it the guardian didn't even take it it got uh the mm, uh, supposedly not... the person who the source for this document went to um the guardian first and then to sky news and uh, because yeah, the guardian were like yeah no we're not interested and it's <laughs> like are you fucking joking if the Guardian interested.
2: fuck all i mean that the guardian like um, the Guardian didn't report on allegations of bullying, racist bullying. In fact, in Tom Watson's office when he was deputy leader, they they said, "Oh, we didn't think the source was credible." It's, <laughs> I never I never saw them applying such a uh, well. They ple- basically they printed bait like now we know completely wrong things uh, about how corbyn's office tried to interfere in cases to protect anti-semites there are literal directly wrong things that the guardian printed uh, allegations to that effect um but with tom watson now the source wasn't credible you know uh they didn't allow um you know i think david graber who's a, mm. um, you know, a leftist writer. who's Jewish. He keeps, mm-hmm. he kept pitching the Guardian a piece with saying, that he thought that the, that tent you know, it, um, inter-community tensions had been exacerbated by people on the right of the Labour Party in the way that they'd used anti-Semitism as a crude factional weapon. And the Guardian were just like, no, we're not interested in this shit. Like, yeah, I
0: think, I, I just just to build on that for a moment, uh, I, the thing I like about uh, that kind of story there with David Graeber is the fact that the reason why, uh, even if it's not spelled out immediately to that person or in any other time that this kind of story is brought to somewhere like The Guardian, the reason why that story would be rejected is because that's not the line. And yeah. who has constructed... The line. Who has built the line for the last four, five fucking years? And as soon as they found something that actually stuck for whatever reason, whether that be failures of the leadership or failures in the machinery of the Labour Party, they fucking dug that shit over and over again. Dug in as tight as they could and now anything that's contrary to that, because it's not the line, just gets discarded. And then what are you doing? There's a little book I like to call Manufacturing Consent.
2: Mm. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. No, the Guardian's reporting of... Well, basically the whole Corbyn era has been pretty... um pretty crazy i mean what what's what the, the thing from the start with the god Gu- the funny thing is at the start the guardian were incredibly negative about corbin they fucking just rinsed him for like mm. you know half a year and then they polled their members in january 2016 like before the coup had happened or whatever and like 70 percent of them thought he'd done a really good job like you know the, Gu- <laughs> the guardian have literally they've put in so much work setting their readership against someone who's politics they would naturally support is they've really they've really had to like make court they've had to put in like such uh, such legwork to make corbyn unpalatable to you know to people who are basically left leaning in an incredibly right wing society that drastically needs systemic change yeah, i think a lot of mean-
1: that's down to the fact that people who actually still read the guardian do it with a hateful eye like i, don- I can't remember the last time i read the guardian and thought well i'm enjoying this like <laughs>
0: Usually I find it chafes my arsehole, to be honest with you, but... <laughs> oh, but imagine spending money on a newspaper. What a joke. <laughs> I mean,
2: The Guardian did report on it eventually. They, um, <sighs> oh, yeah. they choice they their arm, though. They quoted the former Labour MP Ian Austin slagging off the report, not mentioning, <laughs> of course, that he appears in the report, cited as a close friend of Tom Watson and the subject of the... Investigation that that section of the report talks about, which is that of the journalist Rod Little, who you'll be surprised to learn was a Labour member until (laughs) recently. Maybe still is, I don't know. But Rod Little had uh, been reported for Islamophobic and transphobic comments, which, you know, as my co host Garaint said in our as yet unreleased episode on this, could be any week, you know, his column, any week. But, um, yeah he was uh about to be suspended and then they were they basically say in the reports it's suggested that they're going to consult ian austin on uh, this uh <laughs> disciplinary matter of one of his friends the moral
1: arbiter ian austin
2: <laughs> yeah ian austin one of you know one of the most disgraceful mps who you've a deputy leader if he is a loyal party man i know tom watson obviously not but let's just like let's just say hypothetically you'd think the deputy leader if someone's going out and just like yelling abuse at the leader of the party uh during minister's questions and 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 a key uh speech on the iraq war you know he might think well that is actually not acceptable personal conduct but no apparently tom watson and ian austin very close and they're seen as kind of you know so simpatico in this that they're basically thinking as one <laughs> oh, fuck it. Yeah, but I, I just... mean oh
3: that's that's corbin's fault for speaking out about the iraq war though isn't it that's bound to draw ire from certain members of the plp
2: well of course tom watson voted for the iraq war yeah
3: they love a bit of iraq war yeah. <laughs> just... <laughs> as
1: a treat yeah yeah hate talking about it in like inquiries and stuff though weird that <laughs> oh
0: yeah uh i think the great thing about uh Oh, I say, great! Uh, it's <laughs> not great at all. Just uh, Jeremy Corbyn becoming leader of the Labour Party was such a shock. To, I mean, to everyone, really. Uh, it was a shock to me personally. Uh, I'm sure it was a bit of a shock to the rest of you as well. Mm. Um, oh yeah. The fact that um, he was uh, well, I mean, he was always going to be a compromised candidate, just by virtue of the fact he. I mean, he, I mean, you look at the. Uh, opinions that people had of him like in the PLP uh, prior to him becoming leader and they were pretty much all to a man he's an affable bloke and a nice guy and a great (laughs) colleague and it's like huh wow I wonder what changed I wonder why suddenly hmm. you have to um, move the entirety, an entire party's in, like political machinery to oppose this one inoffensive man who grows marrows in in an allotment, as if he is fucking Lenin. Like, and <laughs> I, I, frankly, if only he was a fucking a tenth of what Lenin was, because maybe <laughs> then we'd actually have been rid of a bunch of. Fucking grifters and shitheads who just yeah. spent the entirety, entire four years just tearing the party apart in order to get their way. Because mm. damn the fucking cost.
3: Can we be sure they weren't like Stalinist marrows or something, though?
2: <laughs> <laughs> what, like his chairman Mao style bicycle? Oh yeah. my god, that <laughs> fucking bike is like gonna haunt me. Like <laughs>
1: <laughs> what makes it a mouse, style? Th- is there like a wee? sticker at the back of it that says this machine kills landlords or something
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh no but they, they, like structurally I mean you've, you've got factionalism right there's, there's, there's a faction working high up in the party that deals with the actual machinery of the party and they all firmly
2: don't fucking like the leader yeah. wow yeah what the likelihood like I say how many of them actually voted Labour
1: <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah it's a good question
1: so I mean while well, they're sat there and they're working away and there's there's allegations in the report that say things like they'd set up and we already actually knew this, this has been reported to some degree before, but we never knew the extent of it was that um they, they, they set up like a parallel campaign type thing mm, during yeah. the twenty seventeen election. So like, it was reported before you know, you can you can look it up. Um that I used the internet a... nerds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they did, they used the internet because they had like yeah. a bunch of targeted ads pointed like specifically at that postcode where the leader's office was so that when they looked on Facebook they would see they would see ads about fucking Labour and all that kind of stuff and they would go, Oh very good and that was at, like it was literally just targeted to that one fucking space. So nobody else seen it. So, I love I
0: love being the guy who gets uh, paid to carry a billboard around saying "Vote for Jeremy Corbyn's Labour Party" as Jeremy Corbyn tours the country. Just being that guy that the right of the <laughs> Labour Party have paid, <laughs> and just <laughs> carrying this enormous billboard. And Jeremy Corbyn going,
1: "Yes, I very much
0: like the way that we've been running this campaign."
1: Yeah, but this <laughs> this time this time that it's come out that I think it was uh, Streatham CLP. So um, Chuka Muniz Former, former
0: C- L- COP, yeah.
1: I can't remember, which it was one of the two elections anyway, but basically Streatham received far too much
2: money.
0: Oh yeah, that was that was definitely 2017 because yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the other candidate w- in
2: 2019 was a left winger. So, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he didn't get to
1: fuck. <laughs> they piled so much money into that seat in Streatham um, for Chuka Amuna's seat. And the seat next door, which was like really fucking marginal, get almost nothing in comparison and it's almost like misappropriation
0: hmm there are stirrings of that nature uh yeah yeah <laughs> like,
1: not 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 so much in any way but it, it is a misallocation we'll call it a misallocation so it's mm. a misallocation
2: effectively of funds whether or not intentional who knows but yeah one thing's for sure it would be absolutely disgraceful to describe that use of Labour members' money as embezzlement. That is definitely not what it is. 100%. That would be a terrible thing to say.
3: Do you want me to say it? <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: Best not. Oh, man. But yeah, so, like, there's all these things going on where they're actively alleged to have been working against the party's electoral efforts. And mm. how much money do you think Labour members... Labour? I mean, I, I, I'm I, now no longer a Labour member. I actually quit just before this report came out, after I seen <laughs> fucking Jess Phillips and Wes Street and get jobs in Starmer's cabinet. But, like, how much money do you think Labour members, like me who joined because of Corbyn, have spent over that time just to see it pissed away on... Just sheer mm. pointlessness, just absolute abject pointlessness, and um, you could pay, you could maybe make an argument, right? If we honestly really want to give them the fucking burden of good faith here, you could say, well, everyone thought at the start of twenty seventeen election that it wasn't going to go well.
3: Mm.
0: I remember going like being lying in bed. Uh, uh, well, I wasn't. No, because it was before the exit poll. Uh, sitting, <laughs> sitting, and looking at my phone, and just being like. Fuck! Like we're fucked. We fucked this, and then when the exit poll came out, just like raucous laughter, and then <laughs> literally, him, literally him, just him. sitting in bed at like three AM, just flicking through all the seats that Labor gained, and it's just like,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, twenty seventeen was nuts. But like, what what I mean though is like, I mean, the commentary had said Labour's fucked. A lot of the membership had went, oh fuck, an election. I don't think this is the right time, etc. etc. No one expected twenty seventeen to pan out the way it was, and that's largely because of the narrative that was built up for it. So mm-hmm. to some degree of good faith you could say, well maybe they thought the same thing and that's why the safe seats were getting so much money, because they were being defensive about it mm. and they were playing to cut, you know, some seats and just say, Oh well there's no chance of that but really how effective then is that as an electoral machine? Like
0: Yeah, I was gonna level that does well. this
1: really point in as something viable, it's just it's either people that have just decided to fucking cut their losses we're not going to try any harder what's the point in which case why are you still doing that job
2: well i know i know that corbyn's office did want to fight that election to win they did have a very different strategy and i mean to be honest that probably uh, convinced them to make certain strategic mistakes in 2019 in terms of a uh, an overly aggressive rather than defensive strategy i know a lot of people think that um but you know i think that yeah there, there was more to gain in 2017, and one of the key issues was that you had a party which was, you know, a, finally a left, a, you know, whatever you want to call, call Labour's programme in 2017, it was actually left of centre quite, quite significantly. I mean, well, yeah. And um, then you know but, but the, you know it was still a party for the most part run by people who had no kind of faith whatsoever no belief in left wing politics yeah. and if the party had just had a few more MPs a few more people at HQ or quite a lot more really who actually believed in what they were doing you know then yeah i think there was really everything to play for in that campaign i mean these were people who like they're so fucking right wing and so like such they've got this smart ass urge to con- constantly contradict the left on every single thing that they like supported theresa may's dementia tax some of the <laughs> oh, people in this yourself. Oh, twisting With- yourself into pretzels to support that fucking policy <laughs> yeah just
0: you'd have to have no spine to do that wouldn't you really
2: well it's almost boldly fucking stupid you know because it's it says that there's a degree of courage to just being like just so reactionary that even when the general public kind of like agree with the left on something you're like nah (laughs) fuck that
0: (laughs) i think oh that that reminds me of uh so i think the crowning moment in the 2017 campaign for uh the labor party was when Jeremy Corbyn gave that speech about uh, terrorism and the causes of terrorism it was uh, fucking ballsy to say the least for yeah. him to make the speech that he did and uh, as uh, I mean I mentioned uh, sort of a little bit of the response to this earlier uh, from this document but that resp- uh, that uh, speech that Corbyn gave is I uh, just uh, <laughs> It crystallizes everything that is correct in Jeremy Corbyn's uh, perception of, uh, if not uh, like gl- all, all politics, then international politics. And yeah. the response that that garnered from uh, these, allegedly garnered from these uh, bureaucrats in the Labour Party, it just, they were aghast, At people taking, uh, having a positive response to it, and it really has to like just brings into stark contrast that if you are openly like tearing your hair out at your own party, gaining in the polls against your supposed opponents, we're talking about actively wanting the Conservatives to get a higher vote share than the Labour Party what is your party for what who does it serve what is it doing is it trying to elect a Labour government or is it trying to elect a Conservative government if it's the latter then it raises so many fucking questions about what a, like a democracy our democracy and I suppose uh the West in general is and what it just the rot at the fundamental core of all of it and whether that's even fucking resolvable because I don't fucking know
2: <laughs> well you know these people as as Mrs Thatcher said that they're the enemy within like ah. we, 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 <laughs> we've got to overcome this hurdle of these people in our movements in our organisations who are you know kind of squatting there so that as this obstacle in the way of things actually moving to the left. Like, they, they... God knows why they're in the party. Obviously, at one point, it was very right-wing, especially under Tony Blair. But, you know, it, it's kind of like... I don't know what it, there is for them anymore. What they seem to be there for, the kind of um, apparatchiks in this, is basically as the last bulwark against socialism is it's like well you know you've gotta sure labor can take on the tories sure they can try and take on capital sure they can try and take on the fucking deep state man you know the military industrial complex and, and and uh the foreign policy establishment but kind of like if they've got to spend their entire time taking on these little fuckers who are supposedly, you know, who are inside the tent, not mm. pissing out. They're just pissing in the tent. You've got people outside pissing in the tent. You've got people inside pissing in the tent. You've just got a tent full of piss, basically. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking like, festival. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> uh, we've, because you've got this piss-filled tent, it makes it a lot harder to deal with the people outside pissing you know <laughs> you've got less, be, because you've you've got to, you've got to be, be slapping down these blairite bastards when you should when you you should really you know be taking on capital <laughs> less piss filled tense
0: more milk filled tense that's what we have to say
1: <laughs> yeah exactly if corbin would just drink the piss
0: then simply the problem
1: would go away corbin drink the piss like, oh
0: God, <laughs> if, if I if I were uh, the leader of the party I would simply drink all
1: of the piss <laughs> well funnily enough that brings me on to the next point <laughs> <laughs> so after oh, how long was it a couple of days uh, like, what since this broke or no since um, it breaking to Starmer giving an official response it might have been the next day either way hmm. I, think like, it was uh, the next, I think it was the next yeah. day next day either way Not very fucking quickly. Mm. It was well over 24 hours at the very least, and you would think they would maybe be on top of this a little fucking bit quicker.
0: Yeah, Mr. Lawyer Man, good on his paperwork, but uh, apparently not when um, there's actually politics at stake.
1: Fuck no. Um, So, him and Angela Rayner, the new deputy leader of the Labour Party, decided to put out a statement in which... He said basically it's very sad that this got leaked and that's that's effectively <laughs> it, like, sad that it got leaked they're not sorry for anything in it they're just sorry that we had to see it um well, we had to see it that the people who are mentioned in it um had it seen by us. so they're going to look at three areas in an inquiry an independent inquiry at that apparently so the background and circumstances in which the report was commissioned and the process involved to some degree, fair enough. I mean, it's at least verifying it, although I think it's been openly said, hasn't it, that it was um, from Jenny Formby's office that yeah, this that's, was... Yeah, I
0: think that's pretty yeah. pretty clear from uh, everyone's been saying that Jenny Formby... And I just want to say quickly, like the, some of the... Uh... Your standard journo hacks who have been saying, ah, oh, well, Jenny Formby put it together, therefore it can't possibly be credible. And it's just like, mate, for fuck's sake, it's eight. You're saying there are 850, 860 pages filled with nothing but uh, fictitious
2: whatsapp messages <laughs> it's just this is an incredible new adventure in fiction this is really inve- <laughs> reinventing the novel form what if we make it like a really dry 850 page legal party document that's just full of these absolute fucking children being really obnoxious and right-wing uh, and us detailing how this adversely affected uh, a party's uh, electoral for I mean fuck i would read that but you know <laughs> yeah
3: I mean journalists journalists are bound to say something like you know it you can't be trusted because like just writing pages and pages of made up horseshit to discredit people is is basically their stock in trade yeah
2: yeah yeah it's like well I do this so of course they're doing it <laughs> exactly i mean projections uh, project- a hell of a drug
0: yeah, I was going to say, like, I mean, it's it's trite and it's reductive, but it really, every single step of the way, I mean, uh, Jack, you're the resident expert on the subject, but uh, oh, Mike, Mike
2: Gapes uh, oh, going yeah, on about, uh, you know, Milk? trot WhatsApp groups. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trot WhatsApp. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Mr. Seamus Milne. With, <laughs> Mr. Seamus Milne with his with his with his St. Petersburg troll factories. Uh no, I don't think he's ever explicitly drawn a line between Milne and St. Petersburg Troll Factories because he gets he'd get sued. But there was a very uh I probably wouldn't. People say mad shit about Seamus Milne all the time. But yeah. <laughs> Seamus can't sue a wall. But like, basically uh, there is definitely one interview that gapes did on like some obscure minor london tv channel where he's like uh, he he's talking one minute about like well you know i've got a lot of criticism from trolls for my uh, disagreements with mr Seamus Milne and then he was and then a minute later he's like well you know and i know a lot of these people aren't real accounts it, they're um they're they're, they're they're some of them are run from uh, st petersburg and 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 he literally he doesn't explain <laughs> say that it's Saint, it's Seamus Milne setting the Saint Petersburg trolls on him, <laughs> but he definitely implies it. I'm
0: glad we've got Jack on to, to, uh, to give us uh, rare uh, Mike Gapes minutia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Podcast what justified.
2: About? WhatsApp groups. What was it? Gapes yeah, and yeah. WhatsApp groups.
3: I mean, blaming everything on uh, every single insult you receive on Twitter on Russian trolls is like just. Peak centrist, really, isn't it? Mm. Gapes uh, yeah, is just the, I mean, the yeah. avatar of Fub P when he's doing that. Really,
0: I, I mean, it's uh, I, you know lib brain, but like Cruise uh, I, uh, again. And this is this is something I have got from uh, from your po- your podcast, Jack. Is uh, the Cruise missile lib? Like it is oh, yeah. just uh, an affliction that we are uh, unfortunately most of the political sphere is infected with, like including journalists too.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that's the big reason. You know, these people think that Corbyn, a guy who, like, opposes wars, that they think that that's more, like scary than someone who supports them I, it's like it, it is literally just like the, the the polar opposite to my view of the world so it's like you've really got to get deep into your empathy to try and actually like <laughs> understand this 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 view of the world but yeah essentially the uh, politics but so right the one guy the, the, the one politician who's not like all the others is actually worse than all the others Do you get Hmm. me? Like, he happens to just be the one who is bad. Finally, a politician has come along who is bad. And it's the one who is opposed (laughs) to the established political order. Uh, Like, what were the likelihoods of that? Like, this guy, like, he's a racist, unlike all other politicians. Like, personally, (laughs) very deeply racist, whatever. I'm not sure what the actual case for that is since this report came out. But anyway, um, (laughs) yeah, he's just, he's... A really uniquely nasty individual, Corbyn. You know, of all the politicians active, this one you can just see the malice in his eyes and the way he <laughs> strokes El Gato and tends to his aubergines. Uh, you know, and 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 he's just his uh, leadership are just like uniquely corrupt. They've got a uniquely toxic culture. That you know, obviously, like the Blair administration got David Kelly killed, uh, but you know, but, but by himself, if you choose not to believe the conspiracy theories, but still, you know, that was <laughs> as a result of Alastair Campbell running, um. You know the way that Alistair Campbell ran Blair's comms. Seamus Mill did that shit every day. Kill bodies dropping like flies. Right? I've actually forgotten where I how I started this extended riff now, and I'm desperately looking for a way out. Well, so, I, I will say one uh, the
0: one the one reason you can't possibly trust Seamus Mill is
2: because he looks great for fucking sixty something. It, it's, it's amazing, you know. Like people call I, him a, a vampire, but like John Rental doesn't look that good. No, yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: uh, I think John. Rental younger than Seamus Milne isn't he? Well, uh, technically, well, that, allegi- well, that's the
2: official story.
0: Uh, uh, he's his, his <laughs> official birthday, I believe, is after Seamus Milne's
2: but um... it's 1997 or uh, whatever day Blair got. <laughs> 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 just just cut him out whole cloth. he's <laughs> technically younger than me.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I've always been like a, a huge fan of that narrative where like Corbin was Turbo Hitler. And he'd spent mm. decades, like, deliberately, like, working with Britain's enemies to undermine the state at every available turn. And he was plotting to murder the Queen and and all What's this stuff. Tonight? And it's like, yeah, he did all of that for, for decades. And we never heard anything about it until he became leader of the opposition. That seems yeah, entirely he, believable, doesn't it?
2: He was a Czech spy all those yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> He was um, meeting to be, uh, with the
3: IRA and trying to help them kill Thatcher in the eighties, and it's like, yeah, sure he was, and you never, you never brought that up, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he would have said, he would have, he would just would have, wouldn't he? Really?
0: I mean, I do feel like I do feel like one of the key differences between, um, uh, like Corbyn's uh, Corbyn's faction of the Labour Party and the rest, and these these shysters, dickheads is that uh, if you if you said to if you said to corbin like you know and he, did you did you plot a bird of the queen and he had he said he would probably say something along the lines of like well i thought it was a good idea at the time but i regret it now whereas if you if you, uh, any accusation you lay at the feet of uh oh, i mean well it's just what's happened isn't it uh, i mean um uh so this is emily old formal response to um any um anything that she's alleged to have said in the report um mm-hmm. is basically um i didn't say any of it and even if i did it's not racist anyway and <laughs> it's like oh okay um two questions um <laughs> Why are you saying it's not racist if you didn't say it? <laughs> because even if you didn't <laughs> say it, a lot of the shit that's written in there is fucking racist as shit. And no, but
3: racism is when you say the bad words, and only when you say the bad words. Oh, like, uh, well, there's no such thing as systemic.
0: No, yeah, I mean that. I mean that's the other thing, isn't it? I mean, uh, this document again lays bare what is an institutional level of racism in the Labour Party, which. Mm. Um, even if, even if it was, I mean, whoever's faction uh, would have been responsible for this uh, would, uh, it w- this document should have been released regardless because it is something that if Labour is ever going to actually attempt to genuinely uh, win power, it is something that it has to root out because without. Um, I mean, just from a purely elect, like you know, purely from electoralism point of view, um, if you've got a fucking racist piece of shit party uh, where a large proportion of your uh, voter base is uh, minority ethnic, working class, urban people, and you're appointing some very questionable people to your shadow cabinet, you're gonna have a big issue on your hands who are you going to replace those working class uh black minority ethnic people with uh because
2: white liberal uh, remainers well yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> uh, the fuck
0: like uh, that no one's no one buys the guardian anymore for fuck's sake
3: it's just the just, the, the main yeah, thing for like uh labor centrists and labor rights to do If they, if they're good at nothing else they're good at taking votes for granted Mm.
1: yeah fucking right yeah get back onto this response so the first thing like we said background and circumstances in which the report was commissioned in the process involved fair enough to degree secondly the, secondly importantly secondly the contents and wider culture and practices referred to in the report so that's the good bit thirdly the circumstances in which the report was put into the public domain aka who leaked it
0: yeah, there's an awful A lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> there's an awful lot of people who were uh, defending uh, whistleblowers last year, who are now suddenly saying whistleblowers are actually awful
2: and should be absolutely shot into the sun. I, like, um, I liked I uh, liked Rory McQueen's tweet. He used to work for McDonald, and it was just like, uh, well, I in my view, like the main issue of this Watergate thing is that hard hardworking <laughs> Nick- Nixon employees are being persecuted. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, it's fucking it's fucking outrageous. It's just there's no level that is too low for some of these this group of people they will deflect they will lie they will contort and twist and break their own spines and what morals it is they supposedly have just in order to own the left literally that is
1: it isn't there one of them one of the journalists that literally used to work for wikileaks
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, James Ball. G- Jimmy yeah, Bollock. Yeah, J- yeah. Jimmy
1: Bollock Jimmy Bollock yeah. firing he, he out. He is how... one of the
2: worst people ever <laughs> to live. <laughs> it's oh, fucking
1: shocking. Oh, like, alive, yeah. <laughs> coming out against whistleblowers yeah, after yeah, having yeah, worked of for course. fucking WikiLeaks. What the fuck? Yeah, I yeah. said,
0: so, oh, well, actually, I think you'll find that uh, this violates uh, GDP, uh, GDPR. And it's like, oh, fuck, my dude, are you for real? <laughs> A lot of the content, very few, very few people have challenged the content of the report. A lot of yes. people who have, if they've said anything, they've merely challenged the fact that it was released at all, uh, which is very much uh, like a roundabout way. I'm getting very upset that everyone has read his book, The Crimes That I Did, and then gone, why did you do all these crimes?
1: <laughs> I mean, let's not forget that this report was going to be submitted and then to the E ECHR, e- and then was pulled.
2: It was by the. It was pulled by Labour's lawyers. Well, a- apparently, um, I I thought that this was like a politically motivated decision by Starmer to pin it at the pin the anti-Semitism issue at the feet of the previous leadership. But you know, some someone said to me that well, it's probably Formby who made the ultimate decision uh, oh, right, on, okay. on the advice of Labour's lawyers i however can't really see a reason not to include this which does seem pertinent to the issue of anti-semitism to me uh, other than to avoid embarrassment for the new regime like i i yeah. i i'm not i i have no empirical evidence that would lead me to believe that that is the motivation behind the individuals working in Labour's legal department but it does seem quite elucidating in the context of the overall mm. EHRC inquiry and provide a different side to the story.
1: Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense to not... Basically, it just doesn't make sense to not send it on. If only purely in the interests of transparency, trying to comply with um, an investigation. Like You don't write yeah. 860 pages of here's some bad shit and then go, yeah. ah, let's not bother. Like, <laughs> yeah
2: well they've got it now anyway the, i think the hrc have said well we will be including this in our report now oh, because good. like because yeah someone leaked it and kind of forced their hand i think that's the case anyway yeah well, i mean
0: uh, i think i think um i mean uh, there have been uh I suppose you sort of call them people who are satellite to the Labour Party as well as people who are within the Labour Party who have been saying uh, in response to the response of the membership to this document that, you know, stay in the party uh, try and stay in and uh, make sure that this is dealt with and, I mean it's makes me wonder what can be achieved i mean i sort of talked about this a little bit earlier where what is the labor party actually for because there's i mean we i mean as again as we were saying earlier there is the power does not lie with the membership it feels like the one shot we had was the leadership election uh just gone uh, to have any sort of semblance of uh, a leadership that will not split uh tackling racism in all its forms equally uh as opposed mm. to treating uh racism as though it's a hierarchy which mm. uh are just you know staggering really to think that you can just say ah oh, these forms of racism are different um yeah it's just a tough one, I think. It's just a it's a question I don't have an answer to of whether staying in the Labour Party if you are already a member is is worth the time.
1: Yeah. I mean what about the I mean the, the reactions we be purposely held off on this so that we could talk a lot more about the reactions to it being out in the public. Um so obviously we've had Starler's reaction, which was shite. Um but the the way the Labour Party's made up, it's really your members, your PLP and the unions. And obviously the members are fucking livid. The PLP, unless they're on the left of the party, are quite quiet about this. Otherwise, they're yeah. fucking fuming. Yep. What's, what's the union response been? Because I, I dare say that's going to be a bit weird.
0: So um, I uh, have seen, I've seen a, a sort of a mixed... A mixed bag of reactions from various unions. Uh, Sort of the the four main unions uh, I sort of you know dug into a little more was um, I'm going to start off with uh, what you what you could probably call the best reaction, which was from Len the excuse me, I don't want to fuck up his name, Big Len McCluskey, um, (laughs) basically shooting straight fire uh, about all of this. He is very clearly fucking furious i mean mm-hmm. uh, i mean he's i mean call it uh you know where, that's where his political allegiances are big uh, lie because he's a very very close ally of jeremy Corbyn. Uh, at the same time unite is uh, representative of 75% i believe it is of the of labor's uh, election spending oops, sorry union spending uh, money for the uh, 2017 election so um and again as we were discussing earlier the uh misallocation rather of that money mm. um has got him extremely pissed off and uh, as well as the actual contents of the document uh, sort of the uh behavior or the alleged behavior of these bureaucrats um and overall i would say that uh it is uh, is the the response that I agree with the most um I mean he he awesome uh, I'm le- reading from uh, the labor list org um article that he Im- I believe' it's he himself wrote uh yeah yeah he himself wrote uh just find where I was right so um yet again against anti-Semitism and labor MP turned Tory supporter Ian austin to take two two examples have rushed to denounce it this it being the document in this case. Uh, this can only fuel suspicion that they are only interested in challenging failings and addressing anti-Semitism when they think they, these can be exclusively attributed to Jeremy Corbyn and the left and are prepared to turn a blind eye to the negligence of those they consider their political allies. And I think that really cuts to the very core of uh, the anti-Semitism issue, which is to say that yes, it exists. Uh, and it has also been weaponized by uh, malignant forces within the party machinery. And I. Uh, this this document, well, uh, oh, sorry, this article rather, um, it's a little bit weird because it's sort of. The title starts off, it's titled uh, Unite Behind Starmer to Cleanse Labour's Shame, which kind of makes it sound like mm. he's coming out to support Starmer. But if you read through the whole thing, he's clearly fucking fuming, and rightly so. But um, the final paragraph is, uh, it's just its sort of a more conciliatory tone rather than the um, I'm going to come and murder you sort of tone <laughs> that the rest of, the rest of the article takes, which is um, Labour can, will, and must move on. Transparency, accountability, and accountability will be key. I am confident that Keir Starmer and Angie Rayner will be guided by these values and will allow no return of the poisonous environment prevailed when the hard riot of the party last random machine we all
2: pay for. I wish I was so confident. Yeah, when he's got the full weight
1: and money of the union sitting behind him, I think it's possible to lay that slip of paper down and just kind of lightly tap the holster at the waist. It's
2: like, yeah, don't make me tap the sign. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, during the Ed Miliband era, Len threatened to disaffiliate from a Labour Party and form a new left-wing party. So, yeah, he he definitely, like, throws his weight around at the, like... um, like at the labor party and so people on the soft left hate him because they think it's unseemly but i'm just like what what the fuck's your problem he's literally just saying to the party represent working people better yeah. and you know he might be a bit of a bastard but i'm glad he's our bastard at least someone's prepared mm. to I think go that... the extra mile for the that... left
0: That is absolutely the kind of attitude that... I mean, because Len is a guy who fucking knows what politics is. Yeah, (laughs) he understands power. Yes, exactly. It is disgusting and it's awful and if you're going to win, you need to throw your fucking weight around. You need to say, this is not acceptable. If you don't do what I want or if you don't do what is best for the people that I represent, rather then we're going to be, you know, we're going to move. We're going to make moves against you to uh, force your hand because that's what politics is. It is, uh, you know, the the ultimate game of fucking eight-dimensional chess or whatever the fuck. Um, I mean, I saw it, It's more simple than that, but it is, uh, for some reason, hard for some people to see, like fucking journo hacks and- and Keir Starmer, okay, yeah, the- another good example. And somehow fucking unions as well. Mm, um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go on to a less, uh, much less good uh, union right now, which is actually my own fucking union, and I am <laughs> uh, not pleased about it because it's the uh, GMB response to this. Ooh, rip. Um So GMB are... Um, so, the title of the article that uh, I was looking at uh, was from Politics Home, uh, which is...
2: Hey, yeah, Kevin. Was, <laughs> Lord Ashcroft, my man. Yeah, I mean...
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, just for just for uh, reference of what it is they actually said rather than their commentary on uh, what was said. Um, so, the title is... GMB Trade Union warns leaked anti- anti- anti-Semitism report is causing immense stress to party staff. Which... Yeah. Okay. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. Let's talk about the people that are really affected by this leak, which is Labour Party staff. Oh
3: God. I mean, I'm, I'm Not... going
0: to
1: play. I'm going to play cunts advocate here for a minute. That union, because it is like I think it's like a massive majority of Labour Party staff are members of GMB. Mm. Like mm. the union effectively does have to answer to its members, but its members are to some fucking degree, made up of the people who are, the, you know, named within this report, they're going to mm. go to bat for them. If they stop going to bat for them, then they don't get the, the money. They don't get the money from the members. And because they don't get that money, you know, their fucking careers dry up as well. And it's, it's a cynical way of looking at it. But I can kind of see why GMB is coming out on this side of it. Mm. But all that really does is show that unions are, you know, not that far away from a moral failing at the best of times.
0: Yeah, I mean this is uh, this again. Though this is this is the uh, GMB leadership specifically, rather. Um, oh, no, excuse me. Uh, rather than the um, actual membership themselves, who uh, I haven't got it in front of me right now, but I'm pretty sure it was GMB um, members have uh, been writing letters. Of, was it GMB who wrote letters of solidarity? I'm fairly sure it was. yeah. Uh, uh, uh just like well, to diane book... abbott and stuff like that and uh yeah. the leadership were trying to stop them from fucking doing that and it's yeah. just like
2: <laughs> they passed two motions one was of solidarity with diane abbott and dawn butler and i think maybe clive lewis and uh, other bame yeah AMEs, yeah, AMEs, yeah anyway yeah. and the other was like to condemn the leak of the report
0: yeah uh so, so yeah uh, gmb have been making some very fucking questionable decisions lately um yeah. So one of the lines from the from the actual article is uh, the GMB's Labour Party staff branch uh, said it was unacceptable that its members had been publicly named and had their communications monitored in drawing up the 160 page document. I will just remind you that these uh, communications were emailed from someone's WhatsApp to their work Labour Party work email. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Just, just fucking le. <laughs> again. Book of my crimes just accidentally in- ending up on Jenny Formby's fucking desk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, there's two more sort of responses that uh, I think are probably the most noteworthy. Um, oh, I sort of I sort of mentioned Emily Old now, uh, who um, is Assistant General Secretary of Unison, who has basically said, uh, "I didn't do those crimes, and if I did, I was right to do them anyway." <laughs> Um, and yeah, I pretty much don't want anything to, uh, I don't really want to know much more what Emily Oldnose got to say. Um, despite her alleged brains, uh, she can fuck off and do one. Um, the, I think, uh, what, what was probably, uh, with the, the most immediately in the aftermath of the leaking of the report, interesting response was, uh, from, I think it was the first actual union, uh, General Secretary to respond was Dave w- Dave Ward of the Communication Workers Union. Didn't um, he like get into a beef with Aaron
2: Bastani on Twitter? Uh, what recently?
0: Yeah, about this. Oh, uh, all I all I recall was his init- his uh, initial response, which I was uh, pretty agreeable to. Uh, I'll just quickly read that out, but we can talk about that in a moment. Um,
2: he, he called. Oh a- no no no! Sorry no no. I'm thinking of Dave Prentice from Unison. Dave Ward is sound.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah. So Dave Ward says uh, or said uh, that he, oh, he called rather for former party employees exposing the report to be suspended. In general, uh, and in, so I. Oh no, sorry, that's my commentary on what he said, which is in general a good response <laughs> and uh, one of the first to call actually call for the suspension of, uh, you know, all, all the grifters basically. Mm. So uh, yeah, mixed is uh, pretty much the best way to uh, describe uh, union responses. But again, this is uh, going to, for the most part, be uh, dependent on the relationship of the uh, the leadership of a given union with whatever faction uh, it is that is uh, that well, rather whichever faction it is they are most uh, politically aligned with. Uh, within the Labour Party so uh, Mm. I mean so not much none of this is really much of a surprise Um, the best response there as far as I'm concerned uh, purely because of the weight behind it is from Len McCluskey Mm. Um, and frankly like his whole response to this and the response of the other unions is basically tempting me to join Unite over GMB anyway so Mm. uh, maybe I'll do that at some point
1: yeah would be unreasonable the whole thing has illuminated it. So, labels a broad church. We've heard that a million fucking times. Labels a broad church. And this whole time, this whole this broad church thing has been, you know, oh, it's a space where you know the left and the centre can coexist. And it's been exactly played by the the wrong fucking people the whole time. Because while the centre's been saying, oh no, no the, the left can be here, there's space for all ideas, broaden the debate, nominate Jeremy Corbyn but they've been acting against them the whole fucking time. And the broad church, I think it's one of these things that the left has been sold as a oh well you need us from the liberals in this kind of like continuing we're still relevant type shit. I don't really know why they would even fucking pander to it when they're so blatantly against the left. But the broad church thing needs to stop being accepted by the left, I think. It's not something it that can continue broad. nowhere near and the kind of levels it has in the past. There's no way that, you know, any... no, no None of us would sit here and say there, there's a space in the party for people like Ian Austin. No. Nah. Yeah. Not, not I mean, the Labour party, yeah, fuck it, there might be, but in a party of the left, an actual proper leftist party with a chance at doing stuff without records, there's no place for someone like that. There's no place for someone like fucking Tom Watson. There's no place for fucking... Mate Gapes or Chukabuna. Like there's just no space for them. Get them to fuck. We don't need that.
0: I think what well, uh, what's quite interesting is when we ever whenever um it's talked about uh, as a broad church, the Labour Party, it always means the right gets a place in the Labour yeah. Party. It never takes into account I mean just as an example, anira Niren Bevin uh was uh, you know you fucking republished uh on its 100th anniversary the communist manifesto like um and you've got you know people saying are oh, uh, doing the rounds on twitter it's like communists aren't welcome in the labor It's my dude
2: oh these my are dude little, like 15 year old cops man i don't get it like when have they really like have did, did theresa make up police numbers that much but they've like reopened it to people still in their fucking in school you know <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's it's ridiculous like there's uh, oh these people are just born grasses and I just can't believe that they're, they're so right wing and I'm just so gutted this has been the failure of the last five years is that we didn't clear out this deadwood yeah it's Corbyn's biggest failing we mm-hmm. didn't just get these people out of the way so that even after corbin's gone the party can move on it's like it's just it's just like there's been such an astonishing amount of backsliding i mean uh, the, uh...
3: the party's going to absolutely move on it's it's you know what i mean probably going to become like the harry potter pro europe party or some shit and just <laughs> oh, shit. sweep to electoral <laughs> well, you know, victory on a I'm tide in. on a tide of like twitter melts
2: I just want to put a spanner in the works with these people at every opportunity. Yeah. They'll probably suspend us a lot quicker <laughs> than we could. Sus- we, yeah, we managed to suspend them or they managed to suspend anti-Semites, but we'll, we'll definitely, uh, you know, I'm going to give it a shot because just like I have fought these fucking bastards for five years and I just can't, I hate them so much. I just can't stop. Yeah. Like, I just, I keep going until they fucking turf me out and then I'll still just slag them off as <laughs> an outsider. <laughs> I mean,
1: and the one lesson that all of this has taught us is that if you constantly wreck, if you constantly shit on anything that the leadership's try to do, eventually you will get your way.
3: Mm. Yeah, I mean yeah. I I um I think it's it's probably like I think fighting for the party is a noble endeavour, but on the other hand, they've had enough fucking money out of me to piss up the wall on you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. to on stuff. So what I did was just cancel the direct debit and not tell them and I'm, I'm going to see how long it takes them to that. actually fucking kick me out like
2: but basically um what that is that is pretty good i've got to say i i considered cancelling the old direct debit when uh, keir starmer wrote his article for the daily mail uh, the the other day But that was before i'd actually read the article which was just like we need to support the government they're doing they're trying very hard he's he's just
3: fucking useless like it's so
2: pathetic if i felt like the labor party was just stuck where it had been, then I'd be less like viscerally opposed to what's going on. But no, it feels like a proper slide back into the bad old days for me. What we've seen the last couple of weeks. Um. So yeah, I mean, literally, if Starmer is, you know, is pandering to the kind of people in this fucking report, then, you know, the party's over, basically, like, fuck, you know, I'll stay and try and reclaim it for the left, but it's not looking good right now. Yeah,
3: I mean, I think it, it is it is dire straits at the minute, because if you look at it, like, the best case scenario we get out of Starmer is probably that we're back to the sort of aimless shithead days of um, Miliband yeah um I, I think the worst case uh, the, is obviously we're, we're back to new labor and and we're going to start going off at single mothers constantly um, i would
0: i would i would ask that you don't besmirch ed because he's he's a good lad who means well and i've got I, I think i've just got a soft spot in my heart for ed Millerband because i mean you can
3: have a, he, he, you can have a soft spot for him but like when he was in charge the party was fucking useless
2: he uh, was surrounded uh, yeah. by dickheads. Yeah, like it was exactly. a dickhead administration. It was like him and his senior senior cabinet members were like chucker and Tristram Hunt and Oh, fucking fucking don't say that. oh
0: my god.
2: I, mean, <laughs> I think I
3: think we're back we're probably at the at the very at the very least we're back to the sort of Well, yeah, the Tories what they've got good policies. We'll just be nicer when we do them.
2: Yeah. That that seems to be their approach to Corona. Yeah. <laughs> Can it, we just have the party fucking Pesocafey? yeah Literally,
0: i mean yeah. That just, is, just
1: do so it
2: that just split it, off it? fuck it let's just do well, it well getting psockified is a lot fucking easier than having to fight for power i guess it's like you know it's, yeah. uh, we, we we tried for five years let's like try and not psockify it and now they've just cashed it in well, like, i mean i don't I don't, I don't
3: really want to out myself as the resident dipshit but i've no idea what <laughs> psockify means
2: it's so a quite well basically um pasok was the labor center-left style party in Greece and they uh went from being like the governing party to Polling like zero point zero one percent and uh Syriza overtook them from the left and a load of the votes went to the right as well. Uh now has almost kind of been personified. Yeah. But anyway, but it keeps happening to like every cent left of centre party around Europe and, and elsewhere in the world, and uh, Labour kind of bucked the trend and went from strength to strength by embracing the radical left. And now uh but yeah, not anymore. Well that sounds good, yeah. let's
3: do that. Yeah,
2: yeah, it. yeah. So it seems like a great idea, but I, I guess. Oh, Let's it's just, al- just
0: do socialism. Like, easy,
2: no problem. It's so it's so scary because being on the left, because the right say mean things about you, and if you're on the soft left, then when the right say mean things about other people on the left, you believe them. So you're like, oh god, I'm in a party with all these terrible people, and I'm probably a terrible person as well because, like the. Telegraph Eugenics Correspondent Says So And I apparently take these opinions seriously Yeah um. (laughs) I think
1: It's it's probably something that we'll end up looking into In another episode Add this to my list of hollow episode promises please Um, (laughs) But the idea of uh, Labourism Needs to Mm. die In this country because it's so fucking bad People support the red team Or people support the blue team But it's really bad for Labour and that if we want you know looking at the way forward now when you've got people like fucking jess phillips with a fucking as junior as it might You're be it's still a
2: fucking cabinet position
3: yeah what's what's she shadow minister for or self uh
2: domestic violence yeah very serious brief politician
0: fundamentally unserious yeah. good lord yeah
1: i mean don't get me wrong she's done she has in fairness done some actual decent work extra parliamentary right enough but she has done good work on that front. She's also done some really fucking horrible shit when it comes to women's rights if I can remind everyone about that time that she kept correcting someone during a select committee meeting when they said sex workers and she would correct them to prostitutes
2: Fucking hell Yeah,
1: like she's she's very good on some very very specific elements but for the most part like no not in a cabinet for fuck's sake <laughs>
0: I mean, it's like fucking Piers Morgan is actually holding the government to account more than
2: uh, Keir yeah. Starmer is at the moment. So I give him credit for that, but he's still yeah. a well, like- <laughs> well, putting Jess Phillips in the cabinet is like putting him in.
3: They've given Jess Phillips, like, shadow minister for winding up Philip Davies. That's what I'm getting from this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. shit. <laughs> But, I um, think you could, you could pretty much pick any random woman and Philip Davis would be absolutely infuriated <laughs> by their existence. <laughs> <laughs> just getting mad at the idea of women. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Still> <laughs> all over the place.
1: Oh, yeah, oh. but I mean, when you've got that as the party and the only party is the possible vehicle of the left, like the left's fucked, and the only way you're going to get anything done electorally is to have another party
0: yeah I mean it's uh, I don't know never I mean, never, I, I mean fucking first past the post I know that I know yeah. it. and had you <laughs> asked me
1: like a year ago like without I evil support I would have said fuck off no but that's you know largely because I was so set on the idea that we'd got the Labour Party back when you know this shows this report shows that we fucking haven't
2: we haven't. I mean, like, the personnel changeover happened in 2018. So that's like about two, less than two years of Corbynism yeah. where we kind of had some degree of control over the party. And did theory. nothing with it. And did right. absolutely fucking nothing. So, I mean, really, the only way that I can
1: see forward for the left, and yeah, it, we're hard on the first past at post and all that kind of stuff, but if we're lucky and the centre left, pointless party of Labour under Starmer, does Pusokify, then we've maybe got a chance. I mean, we've seen what the 2017 manifesto got us. Like, mm. it's possible. It's Don't get me wrong, it could turn out to be another fucking change UK. It could easily mm. be a complete flop, but there are, what, 30-odd MPs in the socialist campaign group? There's Len yeah, McCluskey I mean, sitting tapping his big this. fucking money holster. Like, <laughs> there's, there's actual structural possibilities here that are just going to require a bit of courage to really push away from the Labour Party brand but I don't expect it to happen but I think if it was to happen there might be a chance <laughs> and that's better than the fuck all that we've got just now
3: yeah
0: yeah uh, I mean yeah a new, new political party is always, uh, always going to be a dangerous endeavour but at the same time
1: I mean at the same time we can sit for 5 years and just watch Keir Starmer look, eventually have his charisma suck inside itself.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I don't think that the Left will never win in the Labour Party again. I mean, I, I, I think there may be an element of buyer's remorse because, like, any ordinary Labour member could see in 2015 that what was being offered in the wake of Miliband's resignation was totally unacceptable didn't address any of the material issues people were dealing with Mm. in the country. Uh, when, When Starmer gradually, one by one, drops all the transformative policies of Jeremy Corbyn, what we're gonna probably see is a lot of people who voted for him uh you know like the people who kind of the marxism today lot or whatever the people who boosted new labor and then as soon as blair got in they were like oh fuck this is actually terrible you know <laughs> we, we may get a few people who you know like the wavering corbyn supporters who voted for starmer instead of R- rlb um, may- maybe some of them will come back to the left in time because it really does seem to me that what he's doing with the party is just a terrible reversion to, you know, a managed democracy, to a, a respectable opposition who agree with the government and know their place and are uh, full of respectable people who, in I think Simon Wren Lewis's words the other day talking about Corbyn and Sanders, don't scare the horses. Like My huh. view on that is that if you don't scare the horses a bit, uh, you're not really a politician of the left. Yeah. Uh, fuck the horses. But- <laughs> <laughs> ah, the, the make Pence gambit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, I feel yeah. like I feel like that's um, that's probably a good good note to end on. To be honest.
1: Yeah. No. Let's let's yeah. Let's wrap it up then. Uh, no no comment or commentary out this week. Um, because we've be that much fucking shit to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. look forward to the next couple of episodes, which will a little bit of a kind of retrospective on Bernie's campaign and a little bit more on the (laughs) retrospective for the left in general as well so we've got that coming up soon. Um, Those will be fun I promise.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fun with a capital F.
1: Yeah so yeah look forward to that and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again Jack for coming on.
3: Yeah, Thanks Jack. for having me. That's been good having you Matt.